previously on Unplugged Church Edition. So, you know, when we hear that term um, um, submission in the context of the woman submitting, it doesn't mean what most people right. think that it means. No, it doesn't. The word, root word sub is the understructure. We see all of this beauty above ground that makes up this building, but there's a foundation under here that allows it to stand. So when he talked about submitting to your husband, he's talking about being the substructure, the thing that undergirds him, the very foundation that helps him to be whatever it is that he needs to be, which really means don't be the obstruction to what I've called the man to be. You be the substructure. You be the thing that supports and holds him up. So if her role is not to grab a microphone and preach to lead prayer, I ain't going to push or force her to do that because her purpose in my life may be the thing that literally supports me and gives me the ability to stand to do thus saith the Lord concerning my life. And if that's who she is, I'm completely okay with that. When we talk about um the scriptures you know i like the practicality of god's word god ain't really deep to me mm-hmm. right he said something that literally should qualify everybody as it pertains to um relationship in any area of life and the simplicity of it will blow you away mm-hmm. he asked this rhetorical question how can any two walk together except they agree now continuing our soulful conversations we look at this stuff wrong we look at it in a context where everybody wants the fairy tale every marriage should be an arranged marriage but the arrangement should be based and rooted especially for those of us who are saved now if you got married prior to salvation you didn't know god that's i can't you know that's cool Because but based on this being a part of my life, I can't go out here and just do it my way. Exactly. And if I do it my way, I'm subject to whatever response comes along with me doing it that way. But it's not rocket science for me. It's so simple. I could look at a woman and be like, boy, if I try to take her in my church, they're going to know I ain't in the word. They're going to know I ain't in God. Wow. Because if I'm in God, I'm not going to pick her. Mm, I can't true. present you, sis, and talk about this who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. My credibility is shot. Wow. We we look at every other area of relationship. There's some people we won't walk down the street with. Now, I might be able to serve them or help them, but I can't walk down the street with them and still have credibility. It's the same way with relationship. I'm going to pop up in the church all of a sudden, and you know, you can look and tell what part of me picked her. All right. And I'm going to have some credibility. No. It's this thing. It's deep, but it's not deep. I, I think it's more about who that person is. I think a lot of, and we, this is a different topic, but just to touch base, the who, where that person is individually. A lot of like we, it was somebody else I was talking to, they broken, they don't know who they are. Like you said, so that's a whole different, we're gonna come back to that, but yeah. singleness and save. How do you guys do that when you have people that are married and you guys aren't married right now. Have you been married just for the sake of the? No. Have no, you been no, married no, no. just Never. for the sake? Okay. It's, so you're asking the question, how as a single leaders, and yes. you have married couples in the church that may be going through in their marriage and they need to seek counseling, how would you handle that? Mm-hmm. Or if you ever came into a, you know, incident, mm-hmm. such an incident? So I have two personal convictions, right? Um, I won't try to counsel a married couple. You will not? No. Okay. I have people that I trust, that I can refer them to, um, 
because to me, there's an element of integrity I can't bring to that space because I don't have that experience. I won't, and I've had several people ask me, I won't even perform a wedding ceremony until I'm married. Mm-hmm. I'm clear that there's a level of conviction that I cannot have towards the commitment, the vow, and don't get me wrong, systematically, I'm one of the best counselors you ever gonna find. I can sit down and counsel somebody. I mean, it's there, apply the word to life and all of that sort of thing. But the conviction that I would, I don't understand some elements of that because I don't have any experience with it. And for me, I'm not saying God said it. My personal choice is to not find myself in a place where I've ventured out there and that becomes real for me. And I got these people out here expecting something from me that I can't deliver because I'm just that honest. I'm that honest to say, I don't know nothing about that part. I haven't experienced that part. I know what the word says, but there's a whole bunch of that word I know what it says that I ain't had the opportunity to apply. And I think we need a lot. We need a lot, a lot more leaders like that. That's brutally honest, you know, that's going to stand up and say, you know what? This is the situation, but I don't have the experience. I'm spiritual and I'm godly and I love God and I know what the word of God says. But when it comes to the practicality of it, when it comes to the reality of it, I can't I can't I can't help you. So I'm going to send you here so that you can get the help that you need. Mm-hmm. And I think awesome. a lot of times when pastors don't do that, they have a lot of pride mm. and you have to have an experience or a testimony in the area where you're the person that you're trying to counsel else. You can't counsel them because you haven't walked in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't try to put on shoes of people that of shoes mm-hmm. that you can't fit. That's so true. if you're not in that position or went to that experience, you should not try to counsel on somebody how that they should handle it. That's, That's so true. true. And that was That's piggyback true. kind of what we did. The other show was about mental illness in the church pastors. If you're not experienced or don't have, you need to have the referrals. You need to have the resources. You need to say, hey, there's medication for that. Or, hey, there's a professional, there's a professional that you can, can talk to. Or this is a number, a good trusted friend of mine who because God gives you spiritual therapists, spiritual mm-hmm. leaders to help you along the way, you know, but I'm glad that you guys did say that because I did get a text from a young lady who um, kind of mentored, talked to, encouraged, and I told her we was doing this recording and she did have a question about um, being single and ministry or just being single and saved, period, because, you know, we saved before y'all pastors, you know, y'all was just say and her thing was the right soulmate like how do you hear from God to know now this is just her asking um how do you feel like and I guess all of us can chime in on that but this is the one or how do you know because this person that I'm seeing might be the one but I'm not sure or have you guys ever felt that way I think um the soulmate I think it's just a myth Mm -hmm. because you have to be not just working in your emotions, but you have to be in, as he said, an Mm -hmm. agreement. But you also have to be holding yourself. And but so if God Mm -hmm. has you in a situation where you're you are single, Mm -hmm. you have to spend time with you. And I know nowadays for a long time, I found myself spending time with me and loving Loving it. it. That's what I find, too, that a lot of people I had to learn that being married and being married young and being married for so many years. Um, my husband said to me one day, and that's and, and really he was speaking truth, mm-hmm. but God didn't allow me to get offended by it. God woke me up by mm-hmm. the comment. He said that, you know, you can't find your happiness in me. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you can't depend on me to make you happy. And what I heard the Holy Spirit say, my flesh or, you know, my carnal mind wanted to be offended by it. But I hold the, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say he is absolutely true. Your happiness has to come from within you. You have to be happy with who you are and who I have created you to be. So then I had to go on a journey of learning how to make myself happy, learning how to be happy with who I am, learning how to accept God accept me for who God had created me to be right. in him right. and then I had to fall in love with being by myself exactly. I had to fall in love with my own yeah. company and, and and let me tell you something I am my best company yes. I don't need yes. nobody around me yes. to make me happy me, or to bring out the joy in me I don't mind hanging out with myself That's I heard somebody right. else say just yesterday how they will I was on a, um in the clubhouse and they were talking about how you have to even go out to dinner by yourself sometimes. And she is married. And I understand that just to go out and to have dinner with yourself, have a glass of wine with yourself, take yourself out on a date. You know, you have to learn how to date yourself sometimes so that you can be a better me. Yes. Being in love can't necessarily support a partnership or create a partnership. That's right. But a partnership can support you when that being in love place is absent. Absolutely. When I ain't feeling you right now, if I because we gotta get back to the arranged marriage. I'm not talking about somebody picking somebody for you. I'm talking about us looking systematically for a partnership that supports who I am and who I'm called to be in Christ and me being able to do the same thing for the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. We, I, for me, it's not going to be about falling in love. I'm sorry. It's not because I have to examine so much of who I am and understand me so much of what I've been attracted to. Right. Mm -hmm. I can be attracted based on things that don't have nothing to do with my purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Actually, to operate outside of my purpose willfully, I can be attracted to somebody that will fit that space. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I got to have a personal conviction. And again, that understanding to be able to say. Um, that beast still here. It is. Of course. Yeah. You know, we. I'm telling you, they want us to believe we so saved, sanctified. The truth is, all we need is opportunity. Just just all we numb. need is opportunity. <laughs> if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, and we create the opportunity by not being cognizant and aware that that's who we are. There's a principle that one of my leaders that I, I love, I love her. She despised the idea that when you end the walls up in, in a, that they say once an addict, always an addict, right? She hate cause get God delivered you. You ain't an addict no more. The truth is that's designed to remind you of the propensity you have to yes. return to yes. that from which right. you have been delivered. Right. So good. That's good. I got to remember that I can return to that. We all can. It ain't, I don't need nothing traumatic to happen, nothing, nothing but opportunity. She That's walked down the street, ran the way. right perfume. Call me what you want, or I was like, I tell you, judge your mama, wearing the wrong perfume on the right day, and we can be in trouble. I have to make it that basic, not saying I'm right. up here living in mess, right. but I gotta make it that basic to keep it real with myself. Right. That's true. Mm -hmm. I, that's just, that's the truth. 
And we need a lot of truth like that in the church. Exactly. We need a lot of truth like that in the church because I think that would make for us mm -hmm. to be better Christians. Exactly. Because there's a lot of fake and phoniness. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of putting on of airs and mm -hmm. acting like, you know. But the truth of the matter is when there is opportunity, we have the ability to fall right. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, you talked about falling before, you know, there's an opportunity to fall. That's why I like what you said, too. You have to have control. You have to have choice. You have to have, a, you know, you can decide. Well, we talked about this deciding. You took me on that road, that, down that road to decision. You appropriate. <laughs> That's appropriate because you got to kill. I think about Paul. Paul said this. Paul said, God took me some places in him that no man had ever gone before mm -hmm. and showed me some things that was just out of this world. And then at the same time, he left me with a thorn. That's what he said. Like God took me into elements of heaven that no man had experienced, and he let, and I prayed three times, three times that he would take it away. And God ultimately said to him, "No, my grace is sufficient. I left you with that thing to keep you humble, because if I didn't, you would try to think higher of yourself." We teach too many people that because you now minister, you elder, you deacon, you pastor, you think more high of yourself than you ought to. When the Christ Himself was one that said, "I'm I'm the least of them." We got people running around here now with these titles and it's off the chains. And the reason that you keep seeing all of these quote unquote falls, I don't like the term fall because a fall ain't purpose driven. You sat right there and made a decision and you just got exposed. Mm. I know what exposure like. I done been exposed. All right. I done been all exposed. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we, no, the but, but the, the, the big problem is that we will stand flat-footed and present this image that God has not even sanctioned because I don't care who you are, where you are, there's no perfection in your flesh. Yeah, so right. the Apostle Paul, the one that's credited with writing two-thirds of the New Testament who had the face-to-face -face encounter on the domestic ro Damascus Road with the Christ, went into these spaces and did great that God knows he's done great things mm -hmm. in my life but I'm still in tune with my humanity because yes. that's the only way that I can manage it yes. I gotta manage this reality that's it. that until God sent me a wife I could I could have laid down in that hotel I was in uh, last night if, if I had not had this, a system in place and a conviction to mm. do something else that's it don't mean I, I'm no he ain't fit that you ain't fit I'm fit because I'm going to preach truth even about me. You're going to stand up here and preach some image or idea of who you're supposed to be right. that's not even real and it's not helping nobody. Right. I know what it's like to be that young man. When I was young, 20 years ago when I met Freddie and I'm sitting in the church and I'm listening to these mm -hmm. people and everything about my life saying I ain't going to never be there. Because they presented this image of righteousness that separated from their humanity. Exactly. This thing about being a human, this about this flesh, this dirt suit that we live in, is never going to be saved. It'll come That's subject. It. Subject. It'll come subject, mm -hmm. but you've got to have truth to understand that you need to do what you got to do to make it come subject. And do you say that takes prayer too? Oh, it takes the whole it's the whole full gamut of it mm -hmm. it takes prayer it takes it meditation takes it takes be it takes being it but the, to me the strongest thing I, I think there are different elements that connect with different people for me my thing is the word of god right, right? the word of god is the deciding factor yeah. on life when i read it in the book i, I can't argue with that mm -hmm. you know what i'm right. saying 
But for many people, prayer is the place where they edify, where they build themselves up. The Bible says that Jesus would go off about three hours before daybreak, which is about three o'clock in the morning. And he would go and he would just spend time in prayer. Mm -hmm. Then when you see him moving about the people, the people never encounter Jesus. They always encounter the Christ. He's not his name is not Jesus Christ. He's Jesus the Christ. He was so edified in his prayer space that when he encountered people, his response was always that of God. That's why you can say I and the Father was one because he did the work outside or off camera to make sure that he was built up mm. so that when you got him, no matter how bad you talked to him, disrespected him, mistreated him, he was so edified in prayer that his responses was always the mind of God. Yeah. We we, we get up at 7 o'clock. We got to be in the office by 8.30. We didn't have that little 10-minute pity pat right. with God or whatever the case may be. And we wonder why that, that, that work of ministry that he put in our yeah. office, that yeah. person that's supposed to get delivered because mm. we there, is the biggest nemesis that we have. You better get up at 6 o'clock yeah. and spend your little wow. more time we with do. God before you it. go. I, I was, thinking, yes, I was reading Philippians when he said I can do all things through Christ and I think sometimes that's misunderstood because we just get up and say oh I can do all things but the prior scriptures Paul said I learned how to be content in whatever state that's the that one I'm in that's the one and I think sometimes he said regardless of where I am single married in between it's complicated wrong whenever I learned to be content but I can do it because I can do all things through Christ. And I think sometimes we get to the fact of, oh, I'm going to do this and we don't know our purpose. We don't understand where we are or the season we're in or the assignment. And yes, it took dating the wrong type people to help me push me sometimes to my purpose to say, God, I know I got better calling on my life than to stay here as the prodigal son said, no, wait a minute. Now I know I jumped out of here on my own. However, I could do better than this. This is yes, not where I need to be. You right. know, I think we've all right. may have been at a state of saying, I can do better than this. I know I played in a relationship that I shouldn't have played in mm -hmm. for too long. I can't speak for y'all. Yeah. But then once you get out and God gives you what you need, you're like, oh, God, I see why you put me there because now I have a better understanding of pushing me to my purpose. And now I can use this to help that young sister mm -hmm. that's out here struggling, that's saying, but at this, and I'm like, sis, I'm just gonna share you my testimony, where I am and what I had to learn for myself, who I am. Right, right. Because I think sometimes that's misunderstood, mm -hmm. but that's just my point. Um, good thank point. you. That was good. good. Point. That was good. That was good. That was good. That was really but good. But I think I think the point that you hit is the perfect point. If we was to try to summarize all of this, it comes back to a proper understanding and application of the word. Mm -hmm. We was given it, and a lot of times it's like the one album that Lauren Hill had. It went diamond, but the name of it mm -hmm. can be applied to so much of our life. The miseducation mm -hmm. is literally where many of us have been, and we were there with good intent. Mm -hmm. We had That's people true. teaching and preaching to us about how to be single that had husbands, wives they went home to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
That's so true. Praise and the they were single in a generation where you couldn't find booty shorts and all this old other stuff that you contend with. Hey, I wasn't supposed to say booty shorts. I'm sorry. Stockings. You know, they, they back in, I mean, for real, think about it. We talking about Elvis Presley being banned from TV because of that little hip swivel with no rhythm that he was doing versus uh, WAP. You know, twerk videos and all the access that we have to that stuff through the, the portable devices that we carry. Like, it's so open. I, and I don't take nothing away from their anointing or their gift, but they don't know what I go through. They, they have no clue. The accessibility and availability, because the desire to do it as a person with integrity means it's about, it's not about the image I project, it's about the stuff I do when y'all ain't even looking at That's me. Yes. Talking about exactly. When y'all ain't even looking at me. With yourself at the end of the day. That ain't, I, I, I came to a place, Elder, where I thought that discretion being the better part of valor, which simply means that some of the people that we think are great, we great because that we think they're great because they just the best at hiding their stuff. Right. I set that as a standard for my life. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't know, but wow. God got a way where Come He will on. blow the covers off your yeah. stuff because He wants you to be in a place where you have real integrity. Right, right. Real integrity. integrity. So it. you, so you was cool with Shorty till she found out you was a pastor, and she showed up at the church, not even to put you on blast, but she showed up at church thinking that because you did that with her, now she's supposed to be have a shot at being the first lady wow. when she Come never on. had a shot at that in your mind. I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah. I'm you. You was cool with that. You y'all. You did what y'all y'all did, or whatever the case. And she found out. She showed up one Sunday. Oh, I got some more rights. I'm supposed to have because of what we did. Exactly. That's true. And you sitting there like, since that wasn't even the plan, you were supposed to stay where you was at. I'm just. I, if I can't be honest, don't invite me. But this is the kind of stuff because you'll have it made up in your mind, and 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 we have it made up in our mind that. We can live double lives in some particular cases, or you know that we we as as long as long as we can hide. I've been that hider. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. God had me preach a, a sermon one Sunday called "From Hiding to Healing," mm -hmm. because the the worst part about like the hidden thing was wasn't what I was keeping from other people. I couldn't really get healed and delivered from the things that pushed me into those places mm -hmm. as long as I was mm -hmm. trying to conceal it. Right, trying to hide. Do you think if you never went there with a, a person intimately that the desire wouldn't be so strong? Because if you never had it, you wouldn't desire it. Do you think that could be a I, I don't know if I could give an honest answer to that. I was introduced to human sexuality in the most inappropriate ways possible. Mm -hmm. The first introduction that I had to it was finding a collection of pornography that was in my house because mm -hmm. of an adult that had every right and ability to watch pornography, and I didn't. Then the second in introduction I had to human sexuality in the sense of experiential was with a woman who was twice my age wow. who was in my life to be somebody that could be a care provider, and I I was introduced, yeah, so the idea that I had bad relationships all through my life and somebody want to just take a Bible and try to smack me inside the head with it, okay, you can do that, but I understand that I followed a path based on an introduction of inappropriate access to content and to a relationship. That relationship went on for a while before it ever came out in the public. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I've known, I've, I was, yep. Heard I was 16 years old when I went to prison the first time. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? So I ain't have a chance to therapeutically, even when it came out, work things out. I was on to a whole nother struggle. So what 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 birthed what I call the beast in me was stuff that I ain't even really had no say so in. Do you think the same? I think it's a little different for women because women. Well, I didn't have my first relationship till I was 18. It was never a thing on my mind, even when I was growing up. I guess because my, yeah, I guess because my my focus was not on the boys. My mm-hmm. focus was on school. It was on sports. Oh, you was a good and, girl, all right. Praise yeah, the Lord. So that was it's never possible. something I was really interested in, and I was I was sheltered. Mm-hmm. I was always in the church almost 24 seven. So I never mm-hmm. had to go through that struggle. Okay. It wasn't until I went to college and got away and stayed on campus mm-hmm. that I was in a and I was, you know, out there, mm-hmm. sheep for the slaughter. Aww. So it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was a bad experience, but, right. you know, right. it, that's when my first experience ever happened. And then that's when the door does open. Okay, so so that's it does yep. open the door. Mm-hmm. But you can control how many times the door opens. Oh, oh I like that. I like that. That's good. Yes, like that. you can you control can. it. That's yeah, it. You can. That's good. That's good. And it's, and 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 Pastor Marvin talked about um, conviction too. Um, and I know a lot of times um, we and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and but we can't assume everybody in the church is filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, um, it's a choice to accept the Holy Spirit as well. Pray for the Holy Spirit. You know, receive it and then cultivate it, nurture it with the word of God. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't have no understanding what the scripture says about certain things, about how we are supposed to conduct ourselves as believers, then we are tend to, you know, uh, entertain our flesh or fall prey to our flesh or what we call the desires of our flesh because we haven't set any control. We haven't, like um, Pastor Marvin said, we haven't set any standards. We haven't set a system in place to help us to, you know, be holy and saved and holy and single and holy in marriage, you know, because you even have marriages that, you know, people in the church and even outside the church, you know, uh, people commit adultery, you know, for whatever reason, um, because there is no system, there is no self-control, you know, there is no uh, conviction, you know, so, and, and I like, you also talked about having standards, you know, for your own self, not, you know, trying to hide something from someone else. You know, you got that at the end of the day, face your own reality. You have to live with yourself. And I always say I got to be able to look myself in the mirror, no matter what anybody else does, married or unmarried. You have to be able to look yourself in the mirror. You have to be able, you know, to look, you know, talk to God in a way where you're comfortable, you know, where where you're not ashamed to talk to God because you're doing these ungodly acts and think you're getting away with it because nobody else sees it. But God sees everything. Like you say, he's omnipotent. He is everywhere. He's omniscient. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's all wise, you know, so it's nothing that we can hide from God, you know, so at the end of the day, whatever we do, whether saved and single, married and, you know, married and saved, we have to answer to God. Well, one of the things, because you brought up the church that we, my desire to do as a pastor is to make a church that's truly a safe space. Um, You can't imagine what it's like to be a young man knowing that you have um, 
this sex life, right? And I'm going to call it what it was. This sex life where I came home from prison. My body was all ripped up and women was everywhere. I was indulging it. I go into the church to try to seek some refuge. And everything, every conversation, every sermon, every word, every message is involving condemnation about those things to the degree that I feel like I can't come and tell the truth about myself. I can't come and say this is the area I need real help in. This is the I, I you, because you you feel so shamed, right? What literally happened to me? I was at my bishop's church, um, and she's gone on to be with the Lord Bishop Joan Sanders one Sunday, and she was in the middle of preaching, and she looked at me because I was sitting there, I was crying my eyes out, and she asked me to come. She said, "Come here, boy." I walked up and I kneeled on the altar. Mm. She put her hand on her head and it was almost like whatever I was feeling was transferred to her. Mm. Like, like some supernatural transformation and she began to weep. And without me saying anything about what I was crying about, she said, you men ought to be ashamed of yourself. Mm. She said, y'all so consumed with how God gifted him that y'all leave him out here to himself. You won't step in. You won't mentor him. And he's sick of running around trying to validate his manhood mm. with his sex life. Woo. I'm talking about any time. I felt challenged, whether it was in my job, whether it was having more bills than I had money or anything. Nothing could give me any type of satisfaction or reconnection or gratification as a man like being with a woman. Because it was the only place at that stage of my life that I felt empowered. I knew how to please her. I couldn't pay that bill, but I knew how to make her respond to me in a way that felt like we're going to have a real conversation. I knew how to make her respond to me. I know how to make her respond to me in a way that made me feel like a man. And I would run to that well. Why? Because the church itself did not know how to give me back manhood. Thank you for viewing and listening to Unplugged Church Edition. Remember to subscribe to both Spotify and YouTube. Don't forget, like, follow, and share on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you again for listening to Unplugged Church Edition as we continue to have soulful conversations.